0: Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, the new Google Podcasts app, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and a special welcome to our newest subscribers on the Overcast app. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville, my guest is a singer, songwriter, recording artist in the electro-pop genre, She also has an extensive background in dance, and her music videos play in fitness gyms around the country, plus she has gotten radio airplay. She was the Pop Contemporary Entertainer of the Year at last year's Josie Awards, which is the largest independent artist award show globally. She released a full album two years ago, followed by three singles last year and three more earlier this year. She is also a voting member of the Recording Academy for the Grammys, You've been hearing a song of hers entitled "No Ceiling." It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment Taylor X.
1: Hey everybody! Thank you so much, Bruce, for having me on the show. Uh, it really means a lot to me. I'm I'm just super glad to be here today.
0: Awesome, thank you. Looking forward to talking to you. You've you've really got a fascinating story, in in my opinion. I was I was so happy to land you as a guest, and I'm anxious for the listeners to hear where you've come from to where you are now. But first, just talk about the song of yours that we were just playing called "No Ceiling."
1: Uh, so, "No Ceiling." Uh, the, the meaning behind that song was really about girl or female empowerment, um, and it just because I uh, do other things besides music, as far as in the healthcare industry and and things like that, I've experienced things that um, I think just just culturally. Um, you know, you don't expect females to be in, um, certain types of roles that they used to be in back, back way in the back of the day. But, um, and, and that, you know, females are sort of just kind of taking control of their careers these days. And it's just more well known that way. And, and I think that I'm more fortunate to have grown up in this day and age to, to be able to, you know, follow my heart and, um and push towards my career goals. Um, but I also think it's just such a shame that, you know, it's not like that everywhere around the world um and, and that females are still um not able to to get the, the education that that I'm fortunate enough to have here in America and um and I think that really just just I don't know, it just hit home to me in my heart, and, and I had something to say about it. And so that's what no ceiling is, is sort of about. It's, it's like we, females, we have no ceiling. Um, we can do whatever it is we put our, our hearts to and, and our mind to, and um, you do have the talent, you do have, um, you know, just the, to, to give people courage, basically, to stand up and, um, you know, live their lives the way that they, they should be able to.
0: Well, there's a question that I want to ask you, which I don't know that it's really fair because I don't know if you have written in genres other than electropop. I was going to say, is it different to write for that genre versus traditional pop music versus country music versus, and the list goes on, for openers? Have you written for other genres? Because I think that maybe shame on me. Perhaps I'm just getting hung up on the performance style and maybe it doesn't make a difference in terms of your approach to actually writing the lyrics. Obviously, the music itself is a lot different in the arrangements, but are you in a position to respond to that at all?
1: Yeah, I you know, whenever I first started out singing, I actually began singing country music and um, more so than pop. And, you know, I grew up in a very small a uh, rural town, I guess you could say, in East Tennessee and East Kentucky. I was born in Pikeville, Kentucky, which is kind of where Loretta Lynn is from around that area. And um, and so she was sort of my influence and Patsy Cline. And I grew up singing Leanne Rimes, Martina McBride. And, and, um, and so that sort of led me, you know, down the path to, you know, country and a little bit of gospel and, um, and actually do yodel, Wow, (laughs) which is kind of of weird for a pop artist to be able to do. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it, it is different because, um, what I've seen is, um, lately, you know, I'll get like an EDM track to write to from a DJ and the format is a little bit different because when you're collaborating with like an EDM DJ, um, You know, it's like they they have their time to shine as well to kind of show off their DJing skills and they do all that, you know, the crazy ups and downs or whatever they want to feel in a certain space that says, hey, I'm DJ this or whatever. Um, And you kind of put your flair on top of that. But it's it's a little bit different than country because, you know, country, I feel like, is a little more in-depth of storytelling and um, not as much about... um, I don't know. I can't say the music, but I'm just, you know, it's it's really about the story as far as I'm concerned.
0: Sure. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I said in the intro that you released three singles earlier this year. Since I also noted that you are a songwriter, is there more new Taylor X music on the way? And if so, when and what will that be? One or more singles and EP and LP
1: Yes, I am working on a lot of projects right now. I've kind of taken a break from performing right now, which is sad because that's one of my favorite things to do. Um, But, um, you know, you got to have material. And so right now I'm just writing, writing, writing with different songwriters here in Nashville. And, uh, you know, surprisingly, there are actually a lot of um, there are more pop artists and pop writers than you would think here in Nashville. Um, and so it's just a great place to learn how to write a song as well. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm working on new material recording a lot and I'm actually, it's, it's for, uh, a major label and we're in the process. Wow. I can't really say who it is, but, but, um, I mean, we're in the process of going back and forth and, and picking singles and, um, and just sort of, um, working on, you know, the, the deals and figuring out how they want to market me and, and things like that, but I haven't technically signed yet. So
0: So obviously this new music that you're working on, it's not anything that's gonna be released. When I say anytime soon, I'll say it's not gonna be released by the end of 2018.
1: You know, I don't really know. They're actually testing a a single that I have as we speak and we're supposed to be getting the results back pretty soon. Wow. Um, Yeah, so I don't know how fast they're gonna move. After, you know, they get those results and all said and done. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, they seem like they want to start pushing pretty fast after that. But we're just still in the, what do you call it? The um, like the dating part. Of
2: the <laughs> never say
0: never. <laughs> that's that's interesting. Well, yeah. listeners, as she just alluded to, you know that I'm tickled to have on a guest who is in Nashville, but doing electro pop music. So as to dispel the notion that. Nashville is only for people who are doing country music. That said, though, Taylor, when you were 18, you began songwriting and recorded a demo in L.A. Were you living out there at the time? Mm -hmm. And if so, when and why did you move to Nashville? And if you weren't living out there, how did you end up recording a demo in L.A.?
1: (laughs) Okay, yeah, so I actually went to um, a singing competition. It was a national singing competition called... Uh, fashion rock, which they then turned it to talent rock. And it was by who you've probably heard of, Lou Pearlman. Um, that was his his um, event that he found new talent for his transcontinental records. And, and so after I graduated from high school, I immediately went and did that competition and I ended up winning the female vocalist, um, the adult female vocalist award, and then also got in the top five Finalists of dance, and there, you know, there's like I don't know, five thousand people that come to wow. this event. So yeah, and then they have all of these um, managers and um, music industry execs and, and things, and modeling agencies, and um, and they have callbacks, and you go and you talk to them. So there, I met a manager, and he had me come out to L.A. to start writing and recording a demo, and um, and so there, that's when I really started getting my my foot into the door as far as songwriting um, with producers and, um, and I really enjoyed it. It was my first time singing my own. Well, not really singing my own songs because I did sing my own songs before, but, um, but kind of more in the pop genre. And, um, and so that it kind of led to just me just really wanting to explore my, my own artistry rather than doing cover songs like I had done throughout my life. And, um, pretty much after that, I kind of took a little bit of a break from music and focused on going to college because I wanted to have a backup plan. And, uh, yeah, I didn't want to be a starving artist.
0: So <laughs> Let me jump in here because I want you to clarify. So you said you finished high school and you went to this Lou Pearlman event. So I take it that the high school that you went to was in the eastern part of the US and then you went to this Lou Pearlman event in Los Angeles?
1: Oh I'm sorry yes the the fashion rock was in Orlando, Florida huh. and And there I met the manager who was from l a and he he had me fly out to l a from there so okay, but yes, wow. I, I grew up in East Tennessee, so I just like I'm like, whatever wherever this place is I gotta go to, I'll just go to it because you know, I'm hungry for this. this is what I wanna do for my career, so wow, um wow, yeah, I would just travel.
0: So this trip out to Los Angeles to record this demo, was it just kind of a, you're making too much out of it, Bruce? I was there for like 36 hours or was it? No, I spent like two, three weeks out there.
1: Um, I think I went for about a week to record three songs. wrote and recorded three songs in a week um, with a producer out there. And then I went out again for another week because I went to the Grammys. And... Um, and that was a really cool experience. And I saw a lot of my, you know, my favorite like iconic people that influenced me perform. And um, so, yeah, it really encouraged me to keep going and uh, continue on with music. But, you know, I still gotcha. had I still had that ear, you know, in <laughs> just saying like, okay, you should probably still go to school just in case this doesn't work
0: out. Sure, sure. Well, (laughs) needless to say, because we're not very far into this, I've got a lot more questions. For instance, I mentioned about your music videos playing in gyms around the country, and I apologize. I know I'm jumping all over the place here, but I'm talking about Planet Fitness, Gold's Gym, LA Fitness, places like that. So knowing that there are guys and gals who listen to this show every week because they are up-and-coming performers and want to learn from me and my guests, how did you get that placement for your videos? Did you did you use a service, an agency? Did you just do it on your own with lots of phone calls and emails? What was that process?
1: I actually used a service. Uh, it's called Vidia, V-Y-D-I-A. And um, I just went on their website and submitted my song for possible pla- placements for, um, they have options to submit to like VH1 or MTV and, and all sorts of different uh, stations. And then also if you want to get your, your music into the commercial aspect where they can play your songs, like if you're walking in, I don't know, like Old Navy or like a store or something like that, mm-hmm. where they play mm-hmm. it over the intercom. Uh, so I just went ahead and just submitted to all of those, and, and they ended up uh, picking it. And um, and yes, yeah, so I like Gold's Gym, LA Fitness, mm. uh, Planet Fitness. Um, Amazing. Yeah, I've had lots, lots of people that are just working out, and they're like, oh my gosh, I saw your music video today <laughs> while I was working out. I was like, cool.
0: <laughs> are you at liberty to say, and it's up to you if you want to keep it confidential, but uh, that submission service did it cost you money, and if so, how much did you have to pay, or do you not want to answer that question?
1: No, it's fine. Um, so it, yeah, you did have to pay a fee, and the fees range based off of um, what you want to submit to. So you can uh, submit okay. to like a single station if you want to, and that's cheaper to do. Okay. Or if you want to do like a huge bundle, um, it ranges. I think it was like between three or four hundred dollars to submit to every. Station and and um, commercial avenue that you wow. can possibly get your song onto.
0: <laughs> That's extremely reasonable. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, how did that make you feel when you got the the phone call or the email saying, "Guess what? Your video is going to go to all these gyms." Is it? Is it? I you know I didn't attach Bruce, so it was just a nice surprise. Or was it? You know, I got to admit, I was really wanting that. I was sitting by the phone. I was you know very very distracted by it constantly just take take me through those emotions for for when that happened
1: actually the first time that i uh, even found out that it was playing, that it was even chosen was from someone who who I knew what? Uh, that, that saw me and they were like, yeah, I saw your video playing. And wow. I was like, what? I, I didn't even know that they chose it. So, wow. um, I, I don't even remember them like ever emailing me to give me any confirmation that they're like, yeah, we're going to start putting this. I think maybe I got an email, but they weren't specific.
2: Oh my and, gosh!
1: Um, yeah, and then it was just like in gyms. I was like, well, I guess the gyms took it. So <laughs> it Amazing. was a happy surprise. I was, I was super excited, and
0: for sure, um, the
1: people that knew me were just like, whoa, this is kind of crazy. So yeah.
0: So when you sent it in, was there any sort of expectation, or was it you know, come on, you know the business, Bruce? We send stuff into all kinds of places all the time, and you don't really, you know, retain all the ones you've sent in, or or was it? You know, this one was a little bit bigger deal. I was really kind of hoping something would come of this.
1: Well, yeah, I think in, in general, like as an artist, any of your songs, you're just you're trying to get it heard, and especially as an independent artist. It's um, it's so important to get it heard because, I mean, I, I always say this. It's like you could be like Mariah Carey and have the best song ever. But unless you can get it heard and and promote it right the right way and market it, um, you know, it it's like not going to go anywhere. And so like you always, you're always hoping that any of your songs are, you know, have some take off and, and get accepted into something that wherever you are submitting. Um, and that was just one of the avenues that ended up, you know, catching fire, <laughs> no pun intended. That was, it's called fire. <laughs> the song is, and, um, it was actually my very first single that I released as Taylor X. So that was really exciting. And, um, yeah, I don't know. There's other avenues you can do though now. Sure. you can submit your songs to uh YouTube channels and, you know, the Spotify curators and all those different streaming, you sure. know, curator stuff now. So I don't yeah. think that was
0: opportunities really opportunities through Reverb Nation and and all the different the list goes on. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm glad I still have a voice to talk with Taylor today. I was a featured speaker at an event earlier today, and I brought my Tascam dr 10 l with me to capture the audio from my presentation, and I'm going to lay that over the video that I captured from my video camera that was on a tripod like a good, good distance away, which meant you know, that I wasn't going to be able to rely on camera audio. So listeners, this is something you might consider if you're doing a lot of video work. We're talking about videos right now with Taylor. And uh, speaking of Tascam, they have just unveiled their brand new digital multi-track recorder, which is great for both studio and live applications. It's already getting terrific reviews, and it literally just came out. You definitely want to check it out. Uh, On their brand new website, by the way, they revamped it, and uh, it's still at Tascam.com. Dot .com that's t a s c a m.com check out the new digital multi-track recorder the DR10L that I just talked about and all the other great recording products they have. Taylor, let's get into your background. You grew up in Eastern Kentucky and were actually a competitive gymnast and dancer and then began recording vocals for your first album at age 9. What? <laughs>
1: Yeah. So um, I grew up actually in East Tennessee and, you know, born in East Kentucky, but it's, they're really close by to each other. And, um, and I got into gymnastics because, you know, my mom and my family were all like cheerleaders and stuff. And so they would teach me back handsprings when I was like five years old. So Uh it sort of just kind of came naturally. And I, and so I started competing in gymnastics, and um, my sister and I we um, competed up until level nine. And there's you know ten levels, and then there's elite, and then mm-hmm. there's um, the Olympics. So. Um, I think I, you know, I, I got pretty far in the game and, but I always did music like on the side too hmm. and started doing vocal lessons at age eight. Um, and it was just a good thing that my parents kind of saw the, that potential in me. And so I'm really thankful that, you know, they, they stuck me in the lessons and I did piano lessons and stuff too. So, um, that kind of led to uh, doing shows at the mountain Arts center in Eastern Kentucky, which is um, like the U S 23 talent showcase, Kentucky Opry. So I, I used to perform with a band and I was like nine. Oh my gosh. And uh, yeah. And then they have a studio there. So there I recorded my first full length album at nine. Mm. Um, Yeah. And it was, it was just, I don't know. It was, it was like a dream really. Um, I mean, most of all of them were covers but ah, okay. it gave me that that basis and experience that I needed, I think, to kind of boost myself into the next level and and really explore like, oh, well, there's actually something here. And I think there could be, you know, a future in this.
0: Well, yeah, because the part that I'm really latched onto, the part that I really my eyes bugged out when you said that you started taking vocal lessons at age eight and here it was age nine. That you started recording vocals for your first album. So, I mean, that's not a lot of time, you know, for someone that's just starting into vocal lessons at eight and a year later, you're already recording vocals for your first album. So, I guess hats off to your parents, you know, for seeing that talent and saying, okay, this isn't just like a typical parent saying like, oh, our daughter's really good. It's like... No, she actually is really good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, they actually did see something in me when I was five. I sang the national anthem at my kindergarten graduation when I was five. And uh, my my teacher, my parents parents didn't even know that I could sing or anything. They didn't even know I knew the national anthem. And apparently I had been singing it in class. And so my kindergarten teacher asked my mom one day, like, hey, would you mind if Taylor would sing the national anthem at the, you know, graduation? She's like, what? (laughs) I don't know what's going on. (laughs) So it sort of took off from there. And they didn't really take it, you know, Truly, seriously, um, until I was eight when some other people started noticing that um, they saw something in me. So they are like, okay, let's mm. let's start lessons now. So, yeah, I kind of started from there.
0: <laughs> and then you recorded your second studio album at the ripe old age of 12.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. And that one actually, uh, it had covers on it, and it was mostly uh, country on that one as well. Um but I did have three original songs that um some songwriters had written and um and we decided that we'd record. So okay. I did three original songs on that album and, mm. and uh so that was a cool experience to, you know, actually sing my own songs and make them mine. And um uh, yeah, I was still doing gymnastics and, and dance at that time, too, so, wow. and I was doing soccer and piano wow. and like, all this crazy stuff when you're little, so I was kind of fortunate to be stuck in a lot of activities and just kind of get my feet wet and see what I really wanted to do, but mm. music and, and music and dance really stuck. Mm.
0: Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is whether you employ a set list or not, what you do in between the songs is almost as important as the order that you play the songs in. I saw a band performing recently, and I timed some of the gaps in between their songs to be as long as 35 seconds without talking on the mic at all. They stood around and talked to each other, with the singer having their back to the audience, and it felt uncomfortable. You will lose audience members this way, to their phone, to the person sitting next to them, or even possibly walking away. Time out 35 seconds and see how uncomfortably long that is. If you're talking to the audience on the mic in between songs, that's fine. It's when you don't, but you don't go into your next song in a timely fashion, that it becomes awkward. And P.S. There's no reason why once in a while you can't finish one song and immediately go right into the next. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus.
2: That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes, and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away.
0: So Taylor, fast forward to college age. And even though it felt like you were destined for a music career, you decided to go to college to study pharmacy as a backup career.
1: Yeah, I, like I said before, I I kind of, I was nervous because everyone's like, oh gosh, Taylor, you know, the music industry, it's just, nothing's guaranteed. And, you know, you hear that so many times. And so you kind of, I don't know, I guess I just got scared and I was like, well, okay, Um, I'm good at math and science. I'll start off, uh, you know, doing my prerequisites in college and and go to, I planned on going to Middle Tennessee State and studying music there. Um, But then, you know, because, you know, nothing's guaranteed and I was just like, (laughs) well, I'm good at math and science. So I'll kind of go that route and just have a plan B. And and so I decided to go into pharmacy and and then I went to pharmacy school and uh, that was in Virginia. And it was pretty much in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there was like not even a Walmart in Grundy, Virginia at the time. and um, One road and barely any cell service. So (laughs) it gave me a lot of time to just buckle down and study and focus on on pharmacy and graduate. And then, um, you know, I was kind of bummed that I kind of had to put music on the back burner for a few years to do that. And um, then finally, when I graduated, I was like, well... I can go anywhere and practice pharmacy. So, you know, my family is still in Tennessee and Kentucky, and uh, Nashville is the closest music city that um, that is, you know, closest to my family. Uh. And the next biggest city, really, because I'm not like a big city girl. So, Nashville was big to me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, we decided I decided to move here and, and practice pharmacy. And on the side, do my music thing as well. And so that's sort of where um, I, I began to do it—an artist development company here. There
0: you go. Listen, check this out, listeners. Go ahead. Tell tell them tell them about the name. Tell them about the the performing <laughs> name. This is so cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I, before that, I was Taylor Geese, and um, that's what I went by. It was just like, what you know, like there's already Taylor Swift and all that, but but. Uh, the way that I came up with my artist name um, was basically from pharmacy, you know, the RX and pharmacy. So that's Taylor X. I love and, that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a little bit nerdy. I no, think. I, don't I don't love really that. Know. It's
0: not nerdy. That is so, it's so cool. It's such a neat approach.
1: <laughs> well, a lot of people that don't, you know, really know me or know that I'm also a pharmacist. Um, they probably think that X is like some type of like, crazy like x-rated or you know i don't know whatever you want to make of it but it's really just down and nerdy
0: no but it's (laughs) really cool that there's an actual meaning to it that it's not just what does taylor x mean i don't know i made it up it doesn't mean anything i love that there's this really cool story to it like a prescription is an rx and so you're a pharmacist so you're taylor x like i think that's so cool it's not nerdy at all (laughs)
1: Yep, I I was a little hesitant to change my name to that at first, and because pe- people were like, "Oh, that's kind of kind of gimmicky," you know, um, or cheesy, and I was just like, "But it's like it's who I am," you know, and so what's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I'm excited that I did still did that. I think it was a good it was a good change.
0: Yeah, that's a fun story. On a little more serious note, for sure, though, I, I guess you could say. This is a related note, since like pharmacy, it has to do with health. I read that you are an advocate for skin cancer prevention and have fought your own battle with melanoma. What would you like to share with the listeners in that regard?
1: So yeah, uh, getting diagnosed with melanoma was, um, was just a really hard period for me as it would be for anyone, I think, um, and it led me into becoming an advocate for skin cancer awareness um, and, and just trying to, to put out there to people that, um, check, you know, making sure that you know your skin and you're checking uh, your skin, having, you know, at least monthly skin checks, Um, for anything that's off. Um, You always look at your A, B, C, D, E's. Um, A is for, um, is it asymmetrical? B is um, anything weird with borders. C is for color. D is uh, the diameter of your spot or mole. And E is, is it evolving? And, um, And so I just, I try to encourage people to not go out and, and tan like they used to, you know, get in the tanning beds. I used to do that. And I thought it was like, Oh, you know, that you read the the signs. It's like, Oh, this, this may cause cancer or whatever. And you're like, ah, oh, you're young. Like that's not going to happen to me. You know, no one thinks it's going to happen to them. Um, but uh, you know, I just, I just try and really emphasize, like, just take care of your skin. Um, And wear sunscreen, protect your skin. Um, It it really is, people don't take skin cancer seriously, honestly. It's like they don't really think it's like a real cancer sometimes. It's Mm. like, oh, it's just a spot, I'll remove it. But, you know, like especially melanoma too, is very fatal if you don't catch it in time. So, uh, you know, catching it in early stages is probably the most important uh, part of making sure that, you know, it doesn't spread so um, yeah, that, it was just a tough time for me, and that's sort of around the same time that my song Fire came out, and it really gave a whole new meaning to my song Fire um, because it was, it was insp- inspiring and just like not letting anything beat you down and just um, trying to keep your spirits up, basically, and that's that's what I was going through. I was just trying to keep my spirits up. And try not to worry as much because it's just a scary thing in general.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, and this is an important subject and, and we don't get opportunities like this very much, if at all, and now hear this entertainment. So let's let's just continue this public service message a little bit. So when did this happen to you? And then in non-medical terms, in layman's terms, in, in plain English, what happened to you? Like, how did you know that you had something going on? And, and then what, you know, how did you respond? What what you know, what treatment did you seek out?
1: Right. Uh, so you know, what what is so weird. Um, so I, I'll just start from the beginning. Um, this happened when I was in pharmacy school, I noticed the spot on my arm. Um, and I had take, went to a dermatologist, they took it off, they biopsied it. And, you know, nothing ever happened after that. It was like it was just fine. It wasn't, you know, full blown cancer. It was probably abnormal, but they, you know, nothing needed to be done at that point. Well, the spot came back and the color came back and I went to a Then I had moved to Nashville at that time. So I saw a different dermatologist and she said, you know, it's probably just where the mole um, the coloring and just came back because that's, that's kind of normal if you don't really go deep enough Mm -hmm. to take the mole off. So, um, she said, but we'll watch it. And so we watched it over, you know, a year's time probably. And it just changed it. It got bigger. The color was just off. Mm. And, and, you know, I knew that I needed to go back in to get it checked. And the funny thing is, is I was actually working at the pharmacy and one of my patients saw it and he was like, you know, you should really get that checked out. And I was like, okay, if if my patients are saying something <laughs> to me about this, it really needs to get checked out. So I went back, and she's like, yeah, it has changed, and we biopsied it, and there you go. I mean, it was melanoma, but we were—I was—I was really lucky. We caught it in early stages, so that's really the key. And really, it, it's kind of strange. Like a lot of doctors would be they would say, you know, how are you getting melanoma? You're so young, you know, normally you don't see this until, you know, people reach their, you know, 60s to 80s or whatnot. But I think it was just um, now the statistics have changed. And a lot of younger women in their, you know, 20s and 30s are getting diagnosed with melanoma, because I think tanning and, and things like that just became so popular. And, you know, it just, Oh, I just wish there were more um, precautions in the tanning world, like um, for people to just, I don't know, an age requirement at least and not not let your parents um, sign for you at an early age. Like I started going to the tanning bed when I was I think I went my first time when I was 12. And that's wow. way too young.
0: Well, and you're right. People see those signs and they say, oh, they just have to put that there for legal reasons. It's like, no, they put it there because it really could happen. <laughs> you know, exactly. I mean, yes, it's for legal reasons, but it's for legal reasons because it really could happen. So obviously they treated you and you're fine.
1: Yes. So it's been four years that I've been um, cancer free. I get checkups regularly uh, to, on my skin. And, you know, I've had about uh, I've had a skin graft. So we had to basically cut all the connective tissue out and they have to go uh, a certain diameter okay. around the spot and do okay. surgery. And, okay. um, and I had to do a skin graft and all that. So all that's, you know, I've got a scar and all that, but you know, I'm good. And, um, awesome. so far they, um, uh, they say everything's good. And, you know, I, I have to have little surgeries here and there too, for other spots that they think are abnormal. Um, just because I'm at high risk now. Hmm. Uh, so I kind of have to high, have an, a high tolerance for, bopsies now they they told me i would have to have a high tolerance so i was like wow. okay well i guess i better just toughen up and <laughs> wow. Wow. whatever so yeah it's it's four years and so i guess five years will be like what they i guess consider like a remission mark
0: great great yeah. listeners yeah. i am joined today on the now hear this entertainment guest line by singer songwriter recording artist taylor x visit her official website at TaylorXMusic dot com. From her website, you will find links to Taylor on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Plus, she is also on Snapchat. You can find Taylor's music streaming on Spotify, but I encourage you to purchase it instead from iTunes, Google Play, or Amazon, for example, so that she gets a bigger piece of it. Uh, Keep up with (laughs) Taylor online so that once she is back performing, you can see where and when you can see her perform live and obviously keep up with her for news updates about the recording project that she talked about earlier. I'm going to give out a phone number here. If you would like me to play a message from you on an upcoming episode of NHTE, I'm talking to you listeners, just, you know, kind of call and say, hi, my name is so-and-so from city, state, country, whatever, and I listen to NHTE through whatever platform, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Overcast, whatever. Just call 813-854-8000 and record it there of course you're giving us the right to play it on one or more future episodes and you give us permission to edit it if necessary but again call 813-854-8000 call and record your message and we will use it i believe there is still another layer of taylor x when it comes to say your live shows and or your music videos do you do costume design as well I do wow.
1: I you know what oh. I love my bedazzler <laughs> I'm like a rhinestone frenzy fanatic <laughs> i um I like to rhinestone pretty much almost every costume I use, um and then I'll do some alteration stuff myself. I'm not a big sewer, but you know I do love putting stones on stuff and and just making it my own. And, um, and I'll do, uh, like I made these cool feather jackets for my no ceiling music video. So the song that you all heard in the beginning, uh, we, we shot a music video to that song. It's on YouTube. And, um, so yeah, a lot of the costumes in that music video are costumes I designed or styled or put together and also the dancers as well. And, um, and also did the choreography for that music video too.
0: Wow. Wow. And,
1: and set design. <laughs> I did a lot, I had a lot of faces in that
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't been talking about Taylor playing a musical instrument. I mean, she mentioned piano, but her voice is her instrument. But if she played guitar <laughs> or if she was interested in playing guitar, I would certainly talk to her about Boulder Creek Guitars, which is the brand that I play. Actually, so does country star Lee Bryce. In fact, Boulder Creek does guitars, basses, and ukuleles so there are other big names that play various models from them if you go back and listen to episode 218 when i interviewed justin emmerd the bass player for 11 to 38 he is a boulder creek artist too as evidenced by me playing a boulder creek guitar don't be intimidated once you see the impressive artist roster on their website you too can play a guitar bass or ukulele from them start At BoulderCreekguitars.com to learn more and to locate a dealer. That's B-O-U-L-D-E-R, bouldercreekguitars.com. And speaking of past guests on this show, I just mentioned Justin Emmerd. Listeners, I hope you know that when I refer to a past guest, we do always put links on the show page for each episode at nhte.net to make it easier for you to go back and listen to those ones that I mentioned. So for instance, if you like Taylor X's music, You might also want to go back and listen to similar artists who have been on NHTE. I'm thinking of interviews that I did with the likes of April Diamond, Cooper Phillip, Tina Perez, maybe Leandro, heck, even Steve Cherubino, one of the most listened to episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We will put links to all those folks' episodes on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Taylor, another clarification, if you will. Do I understand correctly did you also appear on the television show nashville was was that background work or or did you have some lines was it one episode two episodes did you get a sag card as a result (laughs) what 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 about all that
1: (laughs) uh yeah i did appear on uh, nashville it was it was all background work but um i did get some screen time so i was excited about that and it was just really cool because um, I, I wanted to see uh, how big, you know, TV and movie uh, projects are, you know, are done from behind the scenes, and um, on top of music, that's something that I was interested in doing as far as acting goes. Uh. And you know, I've been I've been taking some acting classes, and I'm just trying to get more into that that. Uh, you know avenue so I can just sort of be like a I don't know a dancer actor singer triple threat kind of deal <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how did you get that opportunity though even though it was quote unquote just background work I mean it's still a pretty neat experience and a lot of people would probably say I'd, I'd love to do some background work on, on Nashville or, or another network show how did you get the chance to do that
1: there are different ways. There are some casting agencies that I think it's called on location casting that you can go and look for background work. I also uh, have an agency. It's called JL David Talent Agency. And she also books me for work as far as commercials and films um, and, uh, you know, I just did a, I just did a project actually where I did have lines and I ha- had to cry and be very emotional. And I was like, I was really proud of myself because I'd never <laughs> been in a position where I had to cry on cue. And so I was like practicing and, and stuff, and trying to get in the motion in, in the, all these emotions, and I was like, "Gosh, this is really hard being sad." Like wow. I'm trying to keep myself <laughs>
2: keep
1: myself sad the whole day, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I was able to do it, and um, and so I'm I'm actually looking forward to you know new ventures into the acting world, um, because I love doing videos, like music videos, is probably one of my favorite things, um, uh, and performing, I think, just because you're performing also. Uh, and so I really wanted to, you know, just push over into acting a little bit, too. And that's kind of where it stemmed from, with starting music videos, where I kind of got that love for being on camera.
0: Well, and I love that the answers that you've been giving to some of these how-did-you-do-that questions that I've been asking you have been... You know, the one with how'd you get your video into the gyms was I just put it through a service that anyone else could use. And this one here, it's, you know, well, there's different agencies you could use. I didn't say, how did you get on Nashville? And and your answer wasn't, well, my next door neighbor is best friends with the casting director. So, you know, listeners, those of you who are up and coming aspiring performers, I'm, I'm telling you that there is hope for you. You just have to try a lot of these different things. And and cast a wide net. And and you see that for Taylor, it's obviously producing a lot of results for her. I I also like it when we get a voting member of the Grammys on the show. Taylor, how long have you had that privilege? And help me out. Does that mean that you will go to the Grammys next February in Los Angeles?
1: Yeah. So I've been a member of the Grammys for two years now. Um, So it's been very short lived so far, but um, it was. It was exciting for me to be accepted because, you know, you go through a process and you have to apply and, um, you know, you have to, you know, have so many requirements in order to be a voting member and, um, which you can find on their website on Grammy pro or grammys.com. And, uh, so I did go to the Grammys in Los Angeles, um, la- not last year, not in the one, not the one in New York that was last year, but the one before that. Um, and this year, I don't know if I'm going to go. It's 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 a little bit expensive for tickets, and um and yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> it's fun though. It, it's really fun seeing all the performances and. Um, kind of seeing everything from behind the scenes on how they really put that whole show together it 's a long process too. People think that you know what they see on television is is the only thing that 's going on like it 's like I think maybe an hour and a half or two hours that they televise, but really the Grammys Awards goes on like almost all day because they have a whole sequence of awards that they give out that you know you don 't even see on television yeah. so that 's neat to see
0: best polka band.
1: Yeah, they do a lot of the dance and electronic awards during that time, too.
0: Yep, yep. Listeners, that's just another reason to keep up with Taylor online so that come February, you can watch her social media and see if she does end up going out there or not. Another little nugget is I normally don't really disclose this information on NHTE, but Taylor and I are recording this the day before she is going to be at the 2018 Josie Awards, and she is nominated in three different categories. You remember back in the intro, I said that she was the Pop Contemporary Entertainer of the Year at last year's Josie Awards, which is the largest independent artist award show globally. So by the time this episode of NHTE comes out, the 2018 Josie Awards will have already taken place. So again, it's just another reason for you to look her up online on her social media and see how she fared. Taylor, before we let you go, we are going to close today with another one of your songs, one called Awakening. Before we let you go, though, tell the listeners all about this song.
1: So this song I wrote with producer Michael Whittaker and um you know, he he's a really cool producer. I was excited to work with him because he has Telly awards for doing music on um on power rangers and ninja turtles and i love power rangers i was so excited to work with this guy because i'm such a fan of that but that's a side note (laughs) has nothing to do with the song but uh, (laughs) awakening is i think awakening is an interesting song to me because um it's it's in the edm it's like that electronic uh dance world but it's when it starts out, it's almost like it's a ballad in a way. So it's got a cool mix. That it's like a ballad at first, really soft, and then it mixes in with some dance styles, you know. And we actually recorded a music video to this. You can find it on YouTube. It's called Awakening. And uh, we shot it in Atlanta, Georgia with um, the group that I'm working with right now um, called Icon Music Group. And um, and so they had just some amazing dancers. We did auditions for dancers, and uh, we had uh, Na'ima McAllen choreograph, which she does a lot of um, uh, dance work with Beyonce and Usher and TLC and. Uh, Missy Elliott and so she's just she's just up there in the dance world and so I was just super excited to work with her um, and so we really collaborated well and um, yeah go check out the video I think it's pretty
0: cool wonderful wonderful Taylor thank you so much for giving me so much of your time today really interesting story and, and thank you for also being an open book and helping out the listeners who are up and comers that are trying to learn from me and my guests every week I really appreciate all that you've done today
1: thank you so much for having me i had lots of fun
0: my pleasure listeners that will do it for this week's episode of now hear this entertainment my sincere thanks to singer songwriter recording artist and i'm going to add in dancer (laughs) taylor x (laughs) do visit her official website at taylorxmusic.com and then engage with her on social media so that means like her facebook page follow her on twitter instagram and snapchat and subscribe to her YouTube channel and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Remember that her music is streaming on Spotify and that you can purchase it from the likes of iTunes, Google Play, and Amazon. Keep up with Taylor online so you can see... About all these different developments that she has going on, the Josie Awards, the new music that she's working on, whether she goes to the Grammys next year, all kinds of reasons to keep up with her on all her social media platforms. As I mentioned before, listeners, you are invited to call and leave a voicemail message for us to play on a future episode of NHTE. The number is 813 854 8000. Just say your name, where you live and what platform you listen to the show through, even if it's that you listen to it at nhte.net. Again, the number is 813-854-8000. Thank you so, so much for listening. We'll send you out with another song from Taylor X. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Awakening.